Thank you so much for joining the Rad Habits Podcast once again, episode five. I'm George Krasaniak, and you are awesome. Honestly, thank you all so much. Everybody has been so supportive of this thing. I am absolutely overwhelmed by the feedback you guys have given and continue to give. But what means the most to me is just hearing, not that you guys like it, but that it's helping you do something. Even if it's just motivating you for the next 10 minutes, when I hear that something we're doing together is benefiting you guys, it means so much to me. So honestly, thank you all. That being said, I'm starting the podcast a little later than I wanted to today. I gotta tell you, there's a part of me that feels like over the last seven days I have not achieved near as much as I had hoped to achieve. But you know what? Some weeks are just meant to be like that. You're gonna hit snags sometimes. You're gonna fail at what you set out to do. I can focus on all the things that I wanted to achieve that I didn't achieve, even though just a couple weeks before those kinds of things weren't even on my radar. And the old me would have beat myself up about not achieving those things. And when you do that, you're just encouraging yourself to give those habits up for good. Instead, this week I'm focusing on all the things that I did well in the last week. I've had a great seven days. I let all that negativity go, all the shit that was gnawing at me about not working out enough last week. I just kind of let that slide, and instead I focused on the things that went really well for me in the last seven days. And on top of some of the quality time that I was able to spend with my son this week, and some of the fun stuff I was able to do... I also did over the last week exactly what I'd envisioned doing with this show. I discussed a habit, vowed to turn it into a habit of my own, and I stuck to it. And I talked to you guys. I got some great input that I've put to use here. Um, So for the last seven days, I've been writing. Uh, I had a great contribution of feedback from a friend, Christina Goussard. She's got this great blog called The Hatch End Homestead. It's hatchendhomesteadblog.com wordpress.com, writing great stuff about her adventures in homesteading. But she had mentioned that she wanted to make writing a more regular habit, and we started talking about this. I said, all right, well, let's just try it out. I told her, okay, I'm going to write a thousand words every day for the next seven days, and then I'll get back to you, and we'll talk about what's working and where we're failing and what's helping us. And that's exactly what I did. Every day, I set out to write I've achieved some great leaps in uh, writing some of the shit that I've been working on for a long time. I've been writing a lot for the podcast, and I haven't dropped the ball yet. In the previous episodes, I've been heavy on the power of cues in creating and reinforcing good habits. And for doing the stuff that's real work, to make yourself better cues, are perhaps that's perhaps the most important part of the habit. When we talk about things we want to turn into regular habits because it's something we enjoy Maybe the incentive is the more important aspect than the cue. So when I put this out there and I asked my peers, what do you wish would be like second nature to you? What thing do you know that's beneficial that you wish came easily is there? One of the more common responses was writing or journaling. Everybody said they wish they could do that every day. So here's the most important revelation I had. And it came because of uh, my friend Tina Casagrande of New Territory Magazine. She's an amazing person who knows so much more about writing than I do and has achieved some great things. She dropped some input on me 
that made me realize the best thing you can do if you want to write regularly or do something fun and creative more regularly is take the pressure off yourself. We easily get into the cycle of promising we are going to do something by setting unnecessarily firm parameters. Then it's so easy for us to fall outside those parameters and we start to beat ourselves up. And just like I said earlier, when we do this, we condition ourselves to not even want to start again. And that's why we haven't been able to do it successfully in the first place. So first, if you don't have any real deadlines and you don't have some editor or a publisher expecting a certain amount of words within certain parameters every day, don't pressure yourself to do something too specific. You're only setting yourself up for failure. Start with small, attainable goals and work up to the large, grand goals you have for yourself. If there's something you wish you were doing more because it's something you enjoy and not because it's something you need, don't make a chore out of it. Let yourself continue to enjoy it. And this goes for anything, not just writing. So instead of saying, I will write a thousand words every day no matter what, say something more along the lines of, I'll write something every day. And if a thousand words is what you have in your mind as the ideal amount on the days that it just flows easily and you write a thousand words or more, it's like winning a trophy. But some days it's not going to flow. If you write three words, that's a much bigger accomplishment than not writing any words and beating yourself up for it. In my case, some days things just kept flowing. And a few of the days last week I wrote 3000 words, but it all starts with just one word. Okay, so if you want to write more, start with just that as your goal. Then if you want to get crazy, set out to just write something every week, even if it doesn't fit into the novel you're working on or fit the theme of the journal you're trying to keep. Just get words of any sort on a page. Any thought counts here. Now, in the professional writing world, we have this problem with deadlines, and there's all kinds of research to back this up. It's not just journalists. It's not just writers. We have something in all of us that tells us whatever amount of time we're given to complete something, that's how much time we're going to take. So if you have three hours to write 500 words, you can probably do it. But if you have three weeks to write the same 500 words, you're not going to get those 500 words done for three weeks. So since I've, I've learned this, when I'm starting to do real work as a writing professional, I give myself mini deadlines along the way so that I can do all the things I need to actually do before that real deadline set by the editors or the publishers. It works, but when I'm doing that, it feels like work. And uh, I just enjoy it differently from the stuff that I write just to write. The best piece of advice I could give you here it's just write whenever the mood strikes you. One common thread I kept finding among people who do some incredible things was a habit of writing first thing in the morning. I've heard a bunch of people talk about that being a great way to set your intentions, narrow your focus for the day. You'll hear Tim Ferriss refer to it as a way to calm his monkey mind, like he's wrangling all his rapid fire random thoughts first thing in the morning so he can go about his day with like a calm mind thereafter. I couldn't find any real science saying that it's better to write in the morning or to explain why so many people find it easier to write in the morning. And I also found a lot of other very impressive writers do their work at the end of the night. So my theory here 
is that people are just getting the most out of their writing when they have some time to themselves, where they know they'll be able to space out on it for at least 30 minutes without any interruption. There's certain times of day where your mind is just firing on all cylinders a little more than it is other times of the day. Go with that. Go with when you're inspired to write. Some people have a lot of luck in kind of ritualizing it and setting all the cues for their brain to know, okay, now it's time to get the creative juices flowing. It's time to get these words on the page. So if you light candles or set certain cues, you set a metronome or you listen to classical music or something like that, by all means, do it. But uh, I had a lot of luck just writing when I had the chance, when it struck me. But here's, here's what really made the difference for me. As I went about the day, I would make a point to decide what exactly I was going to write about that day. For example, one day, the first thing I wrote was the words, talk about Tennessee. There was a chance that day that that's all I was going to write. The words just weren't flowing, but I wanted to get something down on paper just to kind of set a prompt for when the words started to flow. And that was enough. And then later, you know, I kept thinking about talking about Tennessee for this novel I've been working on for a long time. Throughout the day, I kept thinking about what exactly did I want to say about Tennessee? What were the important parts of the story that had to be told? And how, how would the story best be laid out? And then later, when I actually got a chance and just had a little time to myself, I have the Google Docs app on my phone. I was actually pulled over in a parking lot in Oklahoma City just waiting for some work to come my way. So I opened up the Google Docs app on my phone and I just started talking about Tennessee. Next thing I know, I've got 3,500 words to my novel that I would have never started if I hadn't written those three words down on paper that morning. I had some good luck last week in just writing whenever inspiration struck or whenever I got a chance and I knew I wouldn't be interrupted. But whatever part of the day that just suits you best, even if it's just for a little while, that probably just becomes part of your ritual, just part of the cues. For me, I found it best when I shed the pressure of saying, this block of time is for writing only. And I just write when I could. But before I'd start each time, I'd take a bit even just a minute or two to think about what I wanted to write about and how I'd structure things. And if I didn't get my chance to write for a while, like if I was working or something, I could really plan it out. If you're trying to tell a story with your writing, sometimes it's best just to start getting the details on the page and then organize it all later. And sometimes it's best to think for a while about just exactly what the story is and how you want to tell it. Do what works and what's enjoyable, and I'd love to hear some more input on this. Now when I'm working and writing as a professional, and I'm struggling to get my piece started, or I'm struggling to structure the work or organize the details of the story, I will actually start with an outline. Now the other day on Twitter, I saw someone I follow bragging that they're now a senior in college, and they've never once used an outline. Congratulations! Good for you. Good for you. I'm glad that works for that person. She's communicating at a fifth grade level and 144 characters at a time. Congratulations. But in all honesty, for you guys, I actually respect you. If you don't ever use an outline, that's fine. I'm just telling you, it's, it's helped me. An outline, sometimes it's a super rudimentary one. And for journalism, I will actually build myself what I call a five graph, which was taught to me by a professor who really helped me elevate my talent, Julie Jones at OU. Now this five graph, 
I will be happy to explain exactly what that is in the show notes for this episode, episode 5, in the website that will be launched. I'll announce it within the next seven days. You'll be able to find all kinds of cool information that pertains to each individual episode there. Anyways, when I'm building my outline or my graph, this picture of what I'm trying to write starts becoming clearer. And as I go, certain strings of words just kind of present themselves. And I'm like, oh yeah, that that has to go in there. So I'll write that sentence in the margin or at the bottom and get back to outlining. And then it happens again. And soon I've got this structure in place and I've got some cool filigree. Writing the rest just becomes easy. When I write, I generally don't put on any music or anything my mind might suddenly want to focus on instead. But sometimes before I get started, I'll spur the creative juices by listening to some classical or searching YouTube or Pandora for some of my favorite writers so I can hear them reading their own work and I hear the cadence of it and how it flows together. I can tell you listening to Ginsberg and Kerouac and Hunter Thompson reciting their own work has always really gotten me moving creatively. Read good to write good. Surround yourself with whatever inspires you and do it often. Now here's where your other habits help determine the success of building on this habit of writing. When you get distracted, it takes an average of 15 minutes for you to get back into your peak flow state, and that's the state where your mind is just moving naturally from one thing to the next. You don't have to overthink it. It's it's happening mostly on instinct. That's when the words are just flowing from the pen. So if you have other shit you should be doing, even if it's mostly unconscious to you, you can find yourself distracted from your work or the writing you enjoy easily and often. So here's where maintaining organization and cleanliness in the rest of your life contributes to reinforcing this beneficial habit. And you can see how this relates back even to the clean eating habit again. Your brain needs the right input of nutrition to attain its peak flow state. So eat clean balance so your brain has the proper ketones for energy if you're finding yourself sluggish make sure that you're hydrated you know it's probably not best to force yourself to write absolute garbage when you're just not feeling it you're not going to get anything that you're really proud of out of it so pop up from the chair get yourself a bunch of water some coffee some food whatever it takes to get your brain moving again We're also going to talk in an episode coming down the line here soon about the importance of building your team, uh, this group of people to surround yourself with that you respect intellectually and creatively. We're social creatures, and I believe that if you're going to socialize regularly with people who coax good stories and vulnerability out of you, and who are each on their own working on inspiring creative endeavors, and who you can collaborate with and bounce ideas off of, you're going to do more creative work for yourself. So here's where having some drinks with friends can be really beneficial if you can moderate yourself, or like make a meal, have your friends over, be social, and you'll write better. I believe that. I've also had some luck using some technological tricks. Uh, I use the voice memos app on my phone. So when an idea comes to mind or words are just flowing, I just click that on and record myself. And even if I don't revisit it later and listen to it, just putting something down for posterity gives me something to write about later. That's been really helpful for me. A lot of people use the Dragon speech-to-text software. I've experimented with that a little bit. It takes a while to learn your speaking habits, so 
the first couple go rounds, you spend a lot of time editing your stuff, but as it evolves, I could see how it would be super useful where you just kind of yell what you want to write across the room and your computer does the work for you. That's fantastic. And like I said, the Google Docs app has been great for me because it lets me log into my document from anywhere to edit it. I could share it with people who help me out. But I think what benefits me the most when I'm trying to form a new habit is kind of easing into it. And I don't want to sound lazy when I say that, but you kind of ramp up to doing it. Again, maybe doing something every day is just kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're biting off more than you can chew that first week. So maybe start with a smaller goal and use achievements as stepping stones to larger goals. You have to start thinking about willpower like it's a muscle. You can't set out to bench 300 pounds if you've never bench pressed 100 pounds. So writing anything is better than not writing. And keep track of your victories. On a calendar, mark the weeks that you hit your first goal. And maybe after you've marked off four weeks in a single month, increase your goal to writing four times a week, maybe. And sometimes, I hate to tell you this, sometimes you might not hit it. And when that happens, look back at what you did accomplish and be proud and know that it's so much more than you'd have accomplished if you hadn't started. And then damn it, just start again. Life moves in cycles, okay? Ramping down to zero from time to time is absolutely natural. This happens with everybody. We all do it and even the best of the best do it. So don't beat yourself up. You will only discourage yourself from wanting to get started again. Anyways, thank you again, everybody. That's all I've got for today. As I think of some more stuff, I'll put it up on the website. Stay tuned. That's coming soon. I'll be announcing it on the social media. So another quick shout-out and thank you to uh, Christina Gussard and Tina Casagrand of New Territory Magazine. Check it out. Check out New Territory. Check out Christina's blog at hatchandhomesteadblog.wordpress.com. You guys... Get online, email me, hit me up on Twitter, hit us up on the Facebook group, follow us on Instagram, get to writing, and let us know what's working for you, how you're doing it, and share what you've got with us if you like. We'd all love to see you. Thank you.